Well, good morning, good morning, good morning. I am so, so excited to be here. I um, have been here um, most of the week uh, in board meetings and excited to be a part of the North Central family. Uh, I think I came on the board in 2009, I think, give or take a few years. But um, the interesting thing for me uh, when I came on the board is that um, Dr. Anderson was the president and he didn't tell me that I was gonna be the first woman on the board. <laughs> yeah. So I come to this meeting and the Lord just says, you're here for such a time as this. And I'm still here. And I want you to know that the reason why I'm here is because I love God and I love what he's doing in your lives. He has a plan and a purpose, and we are going to just lean in to what God has for you this morning. I want to thank President Graham for the amazing opportunity to, spend, to stand before you this morning. I want to thank Pastor Josh. He's just been a star, just a staunch, staunch, staunch um, assistant and believer and just an encourager. And so we, I just want you guys to know how much I appreciate you. Desiree, oh, Dr. Livingood, various ones. So just thank you, thank you, thank you. North Central, you're on my heart. I pray, I pray, I pray for you guys because I know that God has great things in store for you this morning and throughout your career. Um, as I've been praying for you guys, I was really asking the Lord, what do you have for me? Because these students hear such great speakers. They hear, oh, phenomenal speakers. And the Lord said, I'm going to give you something for them. And as I was praying, I haven't heard this particular scripture preached a whole lot, but it's in the word. And you know of the book because Mark Batterson wrote the book, The Lion Chaser. The Lion Chaser. And if you haven't read the book, we're going to talk about some of the things that God has been dealing with us on. But I want to ask you a question this morning or a statement, did you know that God is in the business of strategically positioning us in the right place at the right time? Oh, come on, Peggy. The right place at the right time. Now, I, I amen myself, so if you don't amen me, if you can't get in with the word, I just want you to know I love the word of God. So God strategically places us in positions but what's interesting about that, when we think, Lord, okay, you're doing something, but you don't always know what God is doing in your life. And so you have to be ready for the things that God is going to do in your life. How do you encounter a lion when you're going through life struggles, when you're going through life? So a lion is something, we all know what a lion is. It's the jungle, the king of the jungle. A lion is fierce, it's loud, it's ready to pounce on you. Infinitely powerful, striking fear in everyone. One of the biggest attractions at the zoo is, is when you go see a lion. I had the privilege as um, going on missions trips. I've been on five missions trips to Africa. And I've gone to safaris. I sit in a van, I, I sit in something. <laughs> so as they take you out, you're in these vans and Jeeps, 
And I literally saw a lion just skirt right past the Jeep. And I was, Jesus, are you calling me? But the lion went right after the prey. The lion knew what he wanted. He wanted his food, and he was going to go after it. But I was protected because I was in the Jeep. The truth of it this morning, North Central, is most of us are squaring off daily, moment by moment, with lions. Oh, come on. A lion, a school, a job issue, something that seems mammoth for you, an emotional problem, some sickness that you're walking through. Could it be a financial problem? I don't know where tuition is coming from. I don't know where the gas is coming from. A lion of finances. What about broken dreams or the fear of fulfilling your destiny? Lord, I thought I was going to go here and I don't seem to know which way I'm going. A lion, a lion is big, is fierce, and it comes to attack you. So how do we handle the beast? It's not a kitty cat. It's a beast that is trying to attack you. David's mighty men were of the kind of men that weren't afraid. I love the stories of David. They were not afraid. These were boot-trained, <laughs> battle-tested, brave warriors. And we're living in a day where we better be brave for Jesus. David's men were trained for battle. They were uh, tested, but the stories of some of the most epic and most heroic stories are in the Bible are regarding David. David left Ziglag and everything was gone and he had to go and pursue. And the Lord, after he sought the Lord, the Lord told him what to do. We hear stories of David and how he pursued the lions in his life. And so now, we're going to look at Benaniah and see how he pursued the, the lion in his life. Father, we just thank you for this word this morning. We know that you are faithful. I thank you, Lord, that the word will not return void in Jesus' name. So if you have your Bibles or your devices, we're in 2 Samuel, the 23rd chapter, looking at verse 20 through 23. There also was Benaniah, son of Jehoda, a valiant warrior. From Kabil, wherever, yeah. <laughs> he did many heroic deeds, which included killing two champions of Moab. Another time on a snowy day, he chased a lion down into a pit and he killed it. Once armed only with a club, he killed an imposing Egyptian warrior who was armed with a spear. Benaniah wrenched the spear from the Egyptian's hand and killed him with it. Mm, mm, mm. Deeds like these made Benaniah as famous as the three Midas warriors. He was more honored than the other members of the 30, though he was not one of the three, and David made him captain. <laughs> he was a bad boy of his bodyguard. Benaniah, his name, son of Jehoda, a valiant warrior. David killed Goliath. We've read that in the word. But he's not the only giant slayer in the group. 
And I want to say that this morning. There are, you are giant slayers. Oh, and we're going to talk about that. Benaniah killed a pretty tall Egyptian. He was five cubits or about seven feet tall. I want to tell you this morning that giants do fall. Oh, yes, they do. Lions that come to attack you. There is an antidote for that. We give God glory. Here is what I would know for sure. If the image of a man-eating beast is coming through my eyes, what do I think? The brain sends one message to my body. Run. Don't stand there. Run. But lion chasers, North Central, staff, we are not running from the enemy. They don't run from what they're not afraid of. Lion chasers run to the roar. Oh, come on. I'm going to get excited all by myself. When you look at a wild wide-angle lens. We do, think about it, when the scriptures were talking about Benaniah, we don't know where Benaniah was going. We don't know what he was doing. You could just picture yourself going to campus or being in a relationship or sitting with someone or hearing a family member. Benaniah did not know that he was about to face a lion. I get excited about that. It wasn't foretold. It was something that was just getting ready to happen. All we know is Benaniah's gut reaction. And it was, whew, it was gutsy. He didn't run. A great big 500-pound lion. Lions can weigh as much as 500 pounds and run 35 miles an hour. I don't care if they run 20. They're big. They're big. It's scary to look at that. It's scary. And all you would see would be the lion's teeth, his fangs. The Bible says first natural, then spiritual. Think about what the enemy does. You see the negativity all the time. You see the things that he wants you to see, but not Benaniah. So how do we tame the lions in our lives as we're going through this semester? As we're ending up and hopefully strong, 1 Peter 5, verse 8 says, Stay alert, lion slayers at North Central. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for you. It says someone, but he's looking for you to devour. But like Benaniah, the word tells us to stand firm against him and be strong in your opinion. Uh be strong in your faith. As you read the word, as you meditate upon the word, Joshua said, if you med upon it, meditate upon it day and night, then you're going to have good success. So when the situations like Benaniah come, you're going to be able to stand firm firm because the enemy is looking for you. He knows your name. He knows where you dwell. So it says stand firm against him. Stand firm. But remember, I love this, that your family of believers all over the world is going through the same kind of suffering you are. Yours may be educational, relational, At my age, it may be physical. 
Lord, help me to get up out this chair. Mm-hmm. But the word tells us to stand firm because the same thing that I'm going through, you may be going through. If you know your word, the word says that in John 16, that in this world, you're going to have what? Trials and tribulations. Oh, come on. That's a good word. You're going to have them. But the B part of that scripture says is be, um, you're going to have trials and tribulations, but the Lord is going to allow you to overcome them. He's going to allow you. So when you have that lion, that mentality like Benaniah, Lord, things are going to happen. Things that I don't like, things that I'm not prepared for. But Lord, you said that we would overcome these things. So what did he do? Benaniah, he chased the lion into a pit. Now, I can only imagine what that might have looked like, a pit. He chased him. Normal people don't chase lions. We don't chase lions. And then if we did, we don't chase them in pits. Mm. And then not only did he chase him in a pit, it was a cold day. And it was snowing. Sometimes everything seems to be coming your way negatively. It's snowing and it's a cold day. It would have been wiser if he was going to be a strong man to chase him on a sunny day. That would be my choice. When the weather's good. Oh, but we don't get to always choose our circumstances. Lord, why did this happen? Why did that happen? Benaniah seized the opportunity, but it was snowing, and we know about snow in Minneapolis, and it was cold. Get ready, get ready. It's coming. It's coming. But it would have been easier, easier, easier if the circumstances lined up differently. Some of you right now are waiting for things to line up. Ooh, Lord, I'm, I'm, I'm waiting on that grant, or I'm waiting on those finances. I'm waiting on my mom. I'm waiting on my dad to get saved. Lord, I'm waiting for you to do something deeper in my life. We're waiting, we're waiting for God to do something. And you tell yourself, well, if I was younger, if I was stronger, I would do these things. But you cannot let your environment or the circumstances cause you not to be that lion chaser. You can't. There's always going to be something. So remember the truth. I want you to hear this. God usually meets you in the pit. Oh, come on, Peggy. Why can't I be on a beach in a, in a nice resort? But God usually meets you in the pit, in the times when you are in despair. The darkest, the deadliest moments of your life. But God chooses to abide with you while you're in the pit, if you abide with him. Mm, I thank the Lord for that. Hebrews 11 shows us great giants of the faith. These were people that chose to trust God. But this morning, if you're in a cold season, if you're saying life just isn't going my way, things are changing in our world. There's wars and rumors of wars. North Central, I don't know what's going on. As we've been having these meetings, it may appear that it's a cold season in your life. But I want to tell you this Friday morning that the word of God has not changed and he sees you. 
He is willing to take care of you, and he is going to help you to chase the lion of doubt, unbelief, and despair. He wants to meet you there. You may think that you're in a pit. My pit went to a doctor, eye doctor, on a routine eye visit. And she said, I think I see something. And I was, yeah, my eyeball and whatever else is going on. And she said, no, I see a mass. And I said, ooh, well, no, no. She said, we, we, we need you to go get an MRI. Fear immediately gripped me. My primary care said, let's just rule it out. I went and had the MRI. The technician kept saying, you've never had an MRI? I said, never in my life. He said, you, I said, never, never. I left there and fear immediately gripped me. It was a Friday afternoon and my husband and I were going to dinner. I got a call and it said, Peggy, you have a mass in your brain the size of a golf ball. And we need to get you in right now. Was that a lion that was breathing and, and causing fear in my life? Yes, it was. But there was enough faith in me to trust that God was right there with me and that he was going to deliver me. The end of the story, I got several opinions and they said, you need to get it out because it's pressing on your optic nerve. So I had a craniotomy, took it out. I have not had any problems, not one problem. Didn't have to take any medication. Nothing. That was a lion in my life. Oh, and if we had time, I could tell you others. But as we are trusting God. So in Genesis 37, who else found themselves in a pit? Now, when Joseph reached his brothers, they stripped him of his tunic, the distinctive multicolored tunic he was wearing. When they took him and threw him into the pit, <laughs> Now the pit was empty and there was no water in it. How could David have proclaimed? How could David have thought like Psalms 40 verse 2 said? He brought me out of a horrible pit of tumult and destruction out of the miry clay. And he set my feet upon a rock, steadying my footsteps and establishing my feet. I can just imagine in my sanctified mind when Benaniah was in that pit, that's exactly what he was saying. Lord, you're going to establish my feet. Lord, you're going to get me through this. And I want to encourage you this morning, whatever pit you may think it's that you're in, God has a way out of the pit. You know the end of the story and what happened with Joseph? Joseph became the ruler over those that tried to harm him. And the scripture said, what the enemy meant for evil, God turned it around and he got the glory. And I want you to know this morning, God is going to get the glory out of what the enemy's trying to cause as destructive in your lives. You've got to recognize that I may be in a pit, but I'm not staying in the pit. It may seem hopeless, but God, you tell me to be hopeful. You don't have to stay in that pit. John 10.10 10 says the thief's purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. But my purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. As I've been praying for North Central, the Lord began to let me know about the lion chaser. There are God-given dreams in this room. 
There is destiny and purpose in each and every one of your lives. But are you going to yield to what God has or you're going to look at what the pit would want to draw you into? God-given destiny, God-given purposes. So if we choose to walk in that, you need something. You need faith. You need to hold on to God. I can't imagine chasing a lion, not in my day, mm-mm. but I know the things that I face in my own personal life. I know the things that I've had to go through because of the color of my skin. I've had to go through certain things as God has said, Peggy, I want you to trailblaze some things. And I'm like, no, I'd rather not do that. I'd rather not you use me, you so-and-so. But God was like, Peggy, I have made choice of you. And I'm calling you out and calling you to the forefront. And so whatever pit the enemy has, we can conquer this because we are more than a conqueror. Noah looked foolish building an ark. Oh, yes, he did. No water nowhere. Sarah looked crazy buying maternity clothes. David looked foolish going into battle with a slingshot. Oh, but I tell you, that brother knocked that giant down. Killed him dead. What looks foolish to man is not foolish to God. Benaniah looked foolish chasing a lion. The enemy may tell you, you're still at North Central. That's kind of foolish. But that devil is a liar. There is a God-given destiny and a purpose for you to be that lion chaser right now. Ecclesiastics 3 says there's a time and a purpose for everything. And believe it or not, your time is now. Your time to fight the lion. Your time to encourage yourself. David had to encourage himself. And I want you to be an encourager of yourself. To know the word of God. So what happened? Noah was saved from the flood. Sarah gave birth to Isaac. David defeated Goliath. Benaniah killed that lion on a snowy day. The word of God works. The word of God is true. And I don't care what we're facing. God is going to help us. But we need to hold on right now and see you into the horns of the altar. You can run away from what you're afraid of, but you will be running the rest of your life. <laughs> I, de I just determined. I'm, I just was going to stop running. Lord, if you want to use me, I'll do it. I was placed in positions in corporate America that were not pleasant, nor were they fun. The first in management, the first as a director, and others didn't like it. The pit was before me every day, but God was with me, and we conquered those things. We conquered them together. And so what do you need? 1 John 4, 18 says, you need faith. You need to hold on. You need to love. There is no fear in love. Dread does not exist, but great, complete, full-grown love drives out fear. You need to drive out the fear. The enemy that's whispering in your ear, you can't do it. You're not called. This will never happen for you. 
You've got to drive out the fear, but perfect love casts out all fear. So the one who is afraid of God's judgment is not perfected in love, has not grown into sufficient understanding of God's love. When you love Jesus with all your heart and all your mind and all your soul, he's right there with you. He said, I'll never leave you, nor will I forsake you. So when you find yourself in the pit, know that God is right there with you. What's your determination? Is it football? Basketball? Is it to be a pastor? My, my, my desire was for always. I was saved at eight years old. My grandmother taught me how to pray. And my other brothers and sisters was like, nope, I'm not, I'm not staying there. I'm not choosing to do that. But throughout my life, God has taught me that that's where you have the connection with God. That's going to give you the faith and the encouragement to pass every test and every trial. So that's what, God, that's what Ben and I did. So this morning, I'm going to ask you to do something. I'm going to ask you to run. <laughs> run to the roar. Run to the roar. That roar may come from your friends. That roar may come from your body. That war may come from family members, but we are going to run to what God's calling us. Run to the roar. We're going to set some God-sized goals. We're all in the education realm. We know that we've got to pass natural tests, but what about the spiritual tests? Set some God-sized goals and let God move in your life. Stop pointing out your problems and others, but become part of the solution. Stop repeating the past. Give opportunity. Grab it. Grab it by the mane like that lion and say, uh-uh, we are getting ready to go. Lord, we're going to do all that you've called us to do. Don't let what is wrong with you keep you from worshiping what's right with God. Lord, yeah. There are things in my life that I want to see grow. But where, I'm going to, where am I going to meet God is right here at the altar. Right here, where God can get a hold of my heart. And we're going to blaze new trails. As you finish up the semester, as you take your midterms, blaze new trails. God, we've got, we've got this. When I would sit down to take a test, I have a bachelor's in education, and I couldn't sing a lick. I couldn't even play a piano, but I had to take music education in order to pass my test. Lord, this is a lion for me, and God helped me do that. And as the worship team is coming back up, I just want you guys to stand for me this morning. We're going to dare to fail. We're going to dare to be different. The one thing I want us to know this morning, Benaniah's heroic acts. He didn't plan to do it. But don't think that he was not prepared. The one thing as a believer, the Lord has told me over and over again, Peggy, you need to study your craft. Lord, what's my craft? It's you. I need to study the word of God. I need to love the word of God because that gives me the strength and the energy to stand when times get hard. He's called us to be a true worshiper as well. 
But we need to devote ourselves to prayer, especially in this season. I can't say that enough. And you guys are at a great place where you have opportunities to do that, to be watchful and thankful. People in a prayer mode see opportunities that other people don't see. When you're in a mode of prayer, God begins to build you up and you begin to believe God for the impossible. I can see two things in my life, a survival mode or a prayer mode. The survival mode means I'm just barely getting it. I, I might read a devotion. But the prayer mode means me and Jesus are going to have some good quality time. I'm going to lean in to the things of God. I'm going to press into the things of God. I look at you young people and I am so excited because the best is yet ahead. Your good days are yet ahead of you. But I want you to know, uh-uh, Lord, you are not leaving me out. There are some things I still desire to do for Jesus. There are some places I still desire to go for God. We're getting ready to go to Zambia in 2004. I'm like, Lord, <laughs> I'm a little old right now. I'm, I'm getting Medicare. But I want to go to Zambia. I had the most amazing time praying for other people, and I didn't even know the language. You need God-sized dreams and goals wherever you are. But don't just be in survival mode. Be in prayer mode. By living in prayer mode, Benaniah was proactive. He didn't allow the lion to get him. I don't know what Benaniah looked like when he came out of that pit. There probably were scratches and scars. And God says this morning, I know some of you are bleeding. Some of you have had hurts and pains inflicted upon you, and some for no reason at all. But I guarantee you, when Benaniah came out of that pit victorious, it was all for the glory of God. So what you're going through, count it all joy. Because <laughs> you're going to see the fruit of it. And as we open these altars this morning, I'm going to ask you, do you have God-sized dreams? Are you listening to that still, small voice of the Lord? Are you finding yourselves in your prayer closet? Lord, I don't understand. Are you asking him some tough questions? He's not afraid of it. Or are you going to be that victorious lion? Victorious lion. Victorious lion. So as we open these altars, this morning they were singing the song about he's victorious. How many of us want to be victorious for Jesus? Come on. Victorious, not in myself, but victorious in the Lord. So take these next few minutes if you don't mind, and just come to the altar and let us pray that God would build you up in your most holy faith, that God would do something on the inside, that he would heal you from the despair that you felt, and that you will know that God is going to meet you right here. These altars are open. God-sized dreams, lion chasers, God-sized dreams, Lion chasers this morning. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Father, we thank you, Lord God. Father, we thank you, Lord God, that you love us so much. Father, we thank you that you died on Calvary's cross, 
that we might have a right to eternal life. And Father God, you know our hearts. You know the things that we desire, Lord God. And Father, for these, your young people this morning, oh God, they have a desire to grow in you. They have a desire to be strengthened in their inner man. And Father, we're crying out this afternoon, this morning, Lord God. Fill them, Lord God. Fill them till they're overflowing. Father, let them know that they are more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus. Father, let them know that greater is he that's within them than he that's within the world. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for healing hearts and encouraging and stirring us up. David loved you, and he was victorious. Father, we thank you. We thank you, Lord God, for these, your young men and your young women, Lord God. They're just asking you to get a hold of them, Lord God, that they will be victorious in you, victorious in the classroom, victorious in their relationships. And God, that you're faithful and just not to leave them, not to leave them, Lord God. You've not forsaken them, Father God. So we trust you. I trust you, Lord. I thank you for lion chasers. <laughs> I thank you. And that, Lord, we know that you do all things well. So we give you glory. We give you glory. Father, I pray a blessing over these students this morning that you would meet them, Lord God, that you would encourage them, Lord God, that they would find themselves in the secret place seeking your perfect will. And, Lord, that you would allow them, Lord God, to be lion chasers, to do great. They, and the scripture says, they that know their God, that they'll be able to do great exploits. So we thank you, Lord, that they'll be able to do great exploits in the matchless name of Jesus. And as they sing victorious, if you want to still come on down, we're going to invite you on down to the altars in Jesus' name.